Welcome to episode 84 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Oxenfree. You can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club, on Twitter at leftbehindclub, and on Instagram at leftbehindgameclub. Just one quick technical note, partway through the recording, Michael knocked out the cable for his microphone, so we had to use a backup for his track, so his audio is a little bit lower quality than the rest. We apologize for the inconvenience. With Oxenfree, it may look like a coming-of-age story, but there's way more beneath the surface of this one. So you all moved in? Uh, no, not really. And it's Jonas? Not Jonah? Yeah, Jonas. Everyone, this is Jonas, Alex's new stepbrother from... I already forgot where. Yeah, he's cool, so be nice. Oh, we won't bite. What's so, um, special about this place? The whole reason Alex brought her radio is because you can sometimes pick up frequencies to stations that don't exist. See, this island's pretty cool, right? You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and today I have three friends with me. First, the two friends you know. I'll start with Mr. Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a very interesting game. And here to talk about a very interesting game as well is our other co-host, Mo Murtadi. Let's do it. Let's do it, folks. And our special guest on this show, his first time on the pod, the co-host of the NES Pod, the new entertainment system podcast, Cam Koenig. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. The crowd goes wild. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into the game, uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about the podcast that you uh, co-host? Yeah, so the show is the New Entertainment System Podcast. I host it, co-host it Excuse me, with my friend uh, Nathan Brandt. Uh, it's essentially a show where we have a spreadsheet that is, we call it a robot because we're idiots, um, that basically takes kind of Mad Lib style a, like a genre, an IP, and a twist that gets thrown in and it randomly spits out like a video game that's totally fake that we just spend the rest of, rest of the episode pitching. Uh, we It's usually me and him and a guest. Uh, we just did our first ever live show and that was fun, so we might do more of that. Uh, but, uh, that's pretty much what it comes down to. So it's about as ridiculous as you could imagine. It's really just video game (laughs) Mad Libs if you kind of boil it down, but, uh, it's very silly and very fun and makes us realize that real video games are very weird, (laughs) but they're great. I can retweet it. Oh yeah. I, uh, I have another weird video game for you. This week's video game, Oxenfree, uh, developed by Night School Studios, released on tons of different platforms, uh, initially released on the Windows, on Mac, and on Xbox One on January 15th, 2016. Gentlemen, uh, before we dive into the game uh, really deeply, what I would like you to do is try and give me your fast pitch on Oxenfree, so a one-sentence pitch about this video game. We will start with Mike. Oxenfree is a an adventure game about choices. Uh, there are a few pl- puzzles to be solved, and it takes place in a Lynch-esque uh, Pacific Northwest, um, you know, island 
where teenagers come to have a good time and find a little bit more than just a good time. Cam, how would you pitch Oxenfree? It, it, it's a it's an adventure game featuring a bunch of cool, quirky teenagers uh, as they go and like try to have a good time on this cool party island and you like they eventually learn more about themselves and each other through this kind of cool supernatural mystery mo what's your take i'd say it's a mysterious adventure game um with super clunky controls and uh, a main (laughs) character that does not traverse the platforms fast enough okay and uh i would say that this is uh goosebumps the video game but in 2020 oh yeah, yeah that's like really that. good what? yeah you know what he, i don't like this he made all of us go because he knew he had a <laughs> yeah, better one totally yeah i feel robbed i am the guest you're supposed to be nice to me on this show and he's like you know what? yeah you guys you guys talk your gibberish i'll yeah, just watch yeah. this just make goosebumps fine. Cam, Mike Cam, drop. i promise i promise in this podcast i will i will make it right i will pay you back <laughs> Before we start, uh, how what did you know about Oxenfree before we started uh, playing it for the podcast? I'll start with Cam. Uh, honestly, I didn't know a single thing about it. Um, I know that I knew that people really liked it, um, and I knew that it was made from a smaller studio. Um, I know uh, Night Studios is that their name, right? Night Party Studios, Night right? School Studios. Night School. Thank you. I was thinking of After Party. Uh, I, I know that like people were very excited for After Party, their most recent game to come out. Uh, but I just hadn't really kind of given them the time of day, not for any sort of negative reason. So I just like straight up knew almost nothing about it. Sure. Mike, what did you know? I knew just about nothing. I I got it for free as part of games, games with gold. And I've definitely seen, uh, some character art online before, I think in YouTube thumbnails, but other than that knew nothing, did not know what I was walking into, could not even figure out what the game was about based on its you know, thumbnail on the Xbox dashboard. Mm-hmm. Because how would you... Do, the art's kind of like pastel-like. Yeah. And it's different than the in-game art, right? Very much so. It, it seems... At the early playthrough, at the early playthrough, I, it seemed as if someone was being trapped in a, uh, a UFO ray and, yeah, and being carried up into the sky. Uh, Mo, what did you know about Oxenfree before you started playing? It's, it's going to be a similar trend. Absolutely nothing. And I'll even give you this. 30 minutes in the game, I still didn't know anything. So. <laughs> and see, I uh, I think I was the one that might have suggested it. Um, I, I think Cam and I were going back and forth talking about what game we should play. And you're like, hey, Oxenfree looks cool. It's on Game Pass. Why don't we do that? Yeah. And it's been always been a game that I've been interested in playing Uh after Party is a game that also I've wanted to play, which is their second game. Uh, the they come from a bunch of like X Telltale, mm-hmm. so like the studio heads is like X Telltale, and then a guy who used to make licensed games. So I guess you can kind of see the pedigree a little bit with this one. But um, I I've wanted to play this game for a while, and I'm I'm really happy that we did. What did you guys play this game on? I played it on Xbox. I also played it on an Xbox. Yeah, same here. It was part of Xbox Game Pass, so it was just pretty. It was an easy choice for me. Some some recent news. I just rebuilt my PC, so we're back in the Whoa. PC Master Race. Oof. But but what you Xbox people did to me is you made me still use that Xbox Elite controller, <laughs> and I hate you for it because that's what I played. <laughs> but Mo, do you like the controller? Yeah, it does the job. It's pretty good. <laughs> that's the weirdest thank you I've ever gotten. I never. <laughs> I never give credit. All right. Well, on that (laughs) note, what kind of game is Oxen for you guys? It's definitely like a 2D, almost platform-ish adventure game. I I think it's pretty light in the gameplay department. Um, It's a lot of just walking around, uh, 
It's a lot of just making dialogue choices. Uh, and like, I, I really like they have the, they have a mechanic where you have a radio and you're like tuning into different frequencies. And so like you, it, it, I was playing it on Xbox. So you press like the right bumper and then use the right stick to like navigate the different frequencies, which you can do while you're walking around, which I thought was like neat. I thought the radio stuff was pretty snappy and cool. I thought that um, was really cool as well. And, yeah. and when you said it was light on gameplay, Mo almost nodded his head right off. He yeah, no, I, I could tell. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it's, I, exactly that. But I, I did kind of like that radio frequency, like mm-hmm. interaction with the game. One thing I with that is like the, the sounds were all almost based off of like radio, like yes, trying yeah. to connect with things. And when things connected, it was like that little bit of static. It felt really like genuine. I thought audio in general was pretty well done. I know we're going to talk about some other stuff, but like voice acting one of the most believable and then i read that it's the same girl from uh um the wolf among us that we played oh wow cool yeah she she's the same voice actress for that was it the the love interest for the wolf guy i already forgot that game look how look how quick it is oh man i don't remember but anyways yeah so when you mentioned it like they had the telltale stuff i'm like oh it's probably here and then i saw a little snippet when i purchased the game or when i downloaded it sorry and it was game pass Mm -hmm. it's like oh this person from wolf among us i'm like ah and i heard her yeah it was good i I had read a lot about this game that they called it they wanted to make a walking talking game because a lot of the time when you make adventure games it's a lot of like hey i'm gonna go to this point and i'm gonna talk about a thing and this is the first game in their mind, I mean, it came out in 2016, that, like, you do a lot of walking and you talk at the same time and kind of learn more about the characters that way. And I think that's probably a very fair assessment of what this game is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you know what came first, uh, this or A Night in the Woods? Night in the Woods came out, like, exactly a year later, looks like. Okay. Because I had played Night in the Woods first, um, this gave me the sense of, like, oh, someone played Night in the Woods and mm-hmm. wanted to do something similar, but... Um, this game is very much its own thing. It is very its own game. Um, but I, I feel it has a lot of, uh, a lot of ties to Night in the Woods. Sure. It's got yeah, a they're... vague cosmic horror element to it as well that I'm, that I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but yeah, th- this game is, is very much an adventure game at its core. Um, but clearly, you know, evolved. Taken to taken to ne- the next level. Not your typical telltale. Cure decisions. Go to one place. Solve a puzzle. Move on to the next. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair point because, like, I'm a huge fan of like the teenage coming of age film. Like, I, I always think of movies like The Spectacular Now, um, movies like um, Perks of Being a Wallflower, and like both of those games like fit with those movies to me. So I, I guess I I agree with you, Mike. I think also with like the feel of the game, um, they're both built with Unity, and I don't know if it's. So I, I do a little bit of development with it within Unity, but whenever I play a game, I can kind of almost feel that they were using the Unity engine mm-hmm. without seeing that splash page. Um, and I think that might be part of it too. I can't be the only one that plays a game and goes, oh, "This feels like a Unity game." And what makes it feel different than like an Unreal game? I don't know if you've developed an Unreal at all. I, I don't. I don't know. I, for me, maybe it's like the navigation and like traversal on like platforms and the way like they run into obstacles, and I can I can almost see the they're called the colliders within like certain paths. So when you're walking, you can like 
if it's like a artistic curvy like path that takes kind of a, an, a little bit of a it takes a lot of load on your computer to kind of generate a dynamic path around a curvy thing so let's put a straight line so when you're walking for some reason i just can, can see that when i'm walking if i can't go through the path the artistic path mm-hmm. i know it's because the collider is there it's not letting me go through it and you have to go around it's a quicker way to develop not quicker it's more efficient sorry it's a lot of people do that to save um your your whatever console and there was a lot of walking in this game i think that's that's fair to say sometimes maybe too much but you don't start out walking in the game you start out and there's five characters in the game alex jonas clarissa nona ren um all these characters have their own like they fit a, a high school stereotype um you know alex is the rebel and jonas is you know I thought kind of a douche bro, and Clarissa's like the popular well-liked one. Nona is the best friend and has nothing of her own, and Ren is just the stoner. Uh, Mo? What, okay, Mike's doing the thing where he's tilting his head. I want Mike's take on every character. What what are they like? And maybe I'll try and help connect too. <laughs> um, I I don't I don't feel like the characters aside from Clarissa very easily slotted into. Um, you know, the tropes and stereotypes that you would expect in a standard high school uh, comedy coming of age drama, uh, dramedy. Yep. Um, Alex seems to be, you know, kind, kind of scarred by something in her past. Right. Um, and I think the other thing about Alex is because she is the character that you play, you, she is maybe one of the least uh, firm characters. You know, you get to kind of decide how she reacts to things. Um, And as much as all of those choices in dialogue lead to generally the same place, um, you really get to shape her character more than any of the others. Um, Ren is both your best friend, Alex's best friend, but also a bit of a stoner, um, you know, wash up. Um, But he's, you know, a kind of lovable F up, you know? Um, And that to me didn't fit super, you know, naturally into the, the stereotypes. But then again, super bad exists. So, <laughs> you know, maybe it does. Maybe it does. Um, and then if you look at Nona, um, which was super weird for me because that's what I call my, my grandmother. Um, <laughs> she, um, she, as you like get to, to know her, one, she's the girl that the guys seem to have a crush on. This um, is the character, not your Nona, right? I want you both. I don't know a single person that doesn't love my Nona. Of course. Uh, of course. I mean, when we started the podcast, we did a few podcasts from your Nona's house, and she made us dinner. So yes. I will, I will fight anyone that says anything ill about your grandmother. <laughs> yes, yes. There we go. Um, and but yeah, she seems to be the type of girl that like the guys have a crush on. She seems kind of your like girl next door in a way. Um, but she also, you know, tells you this little bit about how she found a loophole that if you get enough detentions, they'll give you a suspension and the suspension is actually just free time to do whatever you want as long as you get your work done. And she loves ballet, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of an odd combo. Um, and not, not, I think your typical high school trope. Kind of backpacking off of that point a little bit. The thing that I really did appreciate about the characters, I know we're just kind of jumping all around the story here, but um, like as you spend more time with them, you do understand that, okay, well, maybe they're not all exactly what you would expect them to be kind of at face value. Like, I think these characters are really, really well written. Like, for instance, uh, there's the point, like you said, whenever uh, 
Nona talks about like that loophole with getting detention. Then she goes on, at least in my playthrough, to talk about like, hey, by the way, my birthday's in a few days. I'm having a thing. You're invited. And then like basically tells you like, no, Clarissa is actually like a really, really great person. Like she was there for me whenever nobody else was. You might think that uh, she just kind of treats me like trash, but she's like kind of all I have. And it's it's really cool that like as you get deeper with these characters, it like really kind of paints your kind of perspective of them. Like up until that point, I'm like, man, Clarissa Nikoff sucks. Like I oh, think she's terrible. That is the perfect time to talk about Clarissa because she definitely yeah. fits the mold. Absolutely, of she sucks. The bratty, yeah. um, like pretty but clearly like vapid annoying right. um beauty queen or you know prom queen uh, mike you touched on this earlier uh, does do your decisions change the story like did we all have different games at all or was it just the like final little bit which i was reading on uh, yes so every well i don't i don't want to say everybody because they're not infinite endings sure. but they're you know almost almost everyone's going to have their own playthrough um and okay. at the end of the game um, based on the decisions you make, you get a nice postcard photo ending where they essentially recap um, the choices you made and how those impacted um, your ending. Yeah, it's or, kind of like an old like, 80s movie style, like, this person went on to do this thing. Like, <laughs> okay, kind of thing. so, so yeah. it's just the ending, though, right? But the, like, the gameplay in the middle throughout the game was pretty much the same. Because The reason why I say that is because with Clarissa, I never really got the fact that she was like a good angel. The only little snippet I got was like when you take a flashback and you see that she was dating your brother at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of nice to him. She was normal, like whatever. But it, that was the only time I saw kindness and genuine thing with her. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I kind of gave her that cold shoulder throughout the game, kind of. Like, I just, every time she said something, I'd say something just to either irritate her or just, like, humor her. Like, if she's being a jerk, I'd match it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of that, and I never really felt bad for Clarissa. I thought it was that stereotypical, like, bad person. Whatever, Whenever you have a decision, you should, like, get rid of her kind of thing. So that's what I always had in the back of my mind. Like, she's she's almost intentionally evil by writing. She's not an actual, like, evil person. Yeah, but at, at the end of the game, didn't you feel like simple minds could have been playing and it could have been a john hughes movie where everyone's just like yeah if you did this the right way everybody just freeze frames with their fist up it's great (laughs) there there is uh clearly like an optimal ending that i think people would shoot for where you get to save just about everyone Mm -hmm. um but that will lead to some discussions about whether there's actually an ending um and what the ending means okay but before we do I'm that... I'm looking forward to hearing your take. Thank you. Before we do that, let's talk about how this game starts. You and your group, your cast of characters, your John Hughes uh, cast, um, decide to go to an island to hang out on the beach. Um, and you get there and you find Nona and Clarissa and they're hanging out. And the, the whole time you're like, okay, Ren likes this girl. We're going to play this game. And... You're, you're posed with your first initial decisions. Are you going to be the one that pushes Ren to, to talk to Nona about her, fe- you know, his feelings for her? Or are you going to be the friend that's like downplaying it when people put him on the spot? Because Clarissa is a grade A words that I cannot say on a family friendly <laughs> podcast because I don't want to have Jacob edit this. Um, <laughs> She's yeah. She's really she's really mean. She's not okay? a nice lady. She's not a nice lady. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> as a result, you get to kind of flirt with some decisions and making choices and, and how you're going to not only 
react to people, but how you're going to put the people around you in different situations. And I think this is the first time and, you know, of multiple in the game where they do something really interesting, which is the decisions you make um, and the decisions that aren't even in your control change how other characters think of not only you, but of the other characters in the party, right. quote unquote party. And the way that you know this is you'll see all of the characters standing around and they'll have a colored speech bubble above them. But when you say something or make a decision um, or say something about someone else, you can see how people have changed their thoughts about that person. So you might see Ren's face pop up in Nona's speech bubble. Um, or you might see, um, you know, any of the others pop up in your speech bubble. And, and all of that ultimately, I think, gives a little nod to like, oh, wow, there's actually an interior life to these other characters. Right, yeah. Um, which is often, you know, tough to actually get to, you know? A lot, of, a lot of characters are poorly written and you never get a sense of an interior life there and, and that they have their own feelings and opinions about people other than what they explicitly say. So it's cool to see their reactions. Yeah, and if, if you think about like a Telltale game, like in a Telltale game, typically all the characters react to you and they will change their perception of you or vice versa. But it was nice to see in this game how other characters based on your decisions were being affected. I don't think there are many other games, at least at that era, where your decisions would not would affect characters that were not directly tied to you. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think uh, I think a big part of that, like kind of obviously jumping ahead a little bit is like, like the decisions that you make ultimately are like help decide whether or not like Nona and Ren get together at the end of the game. Like that's something that has like absolutely nothing to do with you as a player or as a character, but like, it's cool to see that like your impact on two people individually can like change how they feel about each other. And even just other things that you're doing right after that beach scene Mm -hmm. and Clarissa being a grade AB, um, (laughs) you end up hopping the fence with some friends and go into the cave and you're like, Hey, there is this, really creepy interesting thing we brought the radio you're gonna love seeing this um and you go into the cave and you tune the radio and i don't know how to describe it but all hell kind of breaks loose Um, yeah just you hear static essentially and lights start showing up in the cave randomly it's almost like alien-esque like there's some kind of like extraterrestrial vibe to it and it's like, oh, what's causing this? And someone's like, oh, it could be ancient signals or the mountains are deflecting it. There has to be a logical reason. Right. But then video games. <laughs> and at that point, like the entire game flipped on its head and you end up separated from your friends and the cave that you are in no longer can get you out. And that's kind of when you start to learn and that the entire story of the game starts to unravel itself very slowly. Yeah, I think at this point you kind of realize your friends are distributed in different locations and you kind of have to try to find a way to figure out, one, how to get out of the cave, um, two, what is going on, and three, should I just leave here? Like, should we just leave the entire island? Like, what right. are we trying to do right now? Yeah. There are a couple of mysteries yeah. that pop up throughout the story. One is how people keep losing time. Um, the second is how you end up getting stuck in loops of time, where um, you end up having to repeat a sequence, and each time you're given a different dialogue, and sometimes characters are aware that they're stuck in a loop, and sometimes they're not. And then I think the, the third recurring theme is possessions, where some of the characters, both you and the characters in your party, 
end up being possessed by um, what what I guess are ghosts from another dimension. Yeah, I, I I do really enjoy that they keep referring to them as ghosts when it like clearly is not ghosts, but that's just what they call them because they're teenagers and that's what the, I would call them, you know? Yeah. It, it does really drive home the fact that like they are way out of their element here. <laughs> that's a really good point. That's a yeah. really good point. I thought the whole time that it was aliens um, mm. because I'm like, why would, why would a radio be able to pick up ghosts and why would they be able to interact like this and all of that? And mm. I just thought it was like dumb teenagers that are, you know, jumping to a conclusion. But in the end of the game, you find out like, yeah, it is, it is kind of ghosts. It's totally ghosts, but it's like ghosts. they were, they were just calling them ghosts because that's just what somebody jokingly called them first. Yeah. When you first like saw them, um, in the game, were any of you guys like scared or spooked or anything like that? Cause I don't know about you guys, but with me, if it must've been cause it's a platformer, I didn't. I've I, there was no like jump scares when I saw the like the spirits or the black devil mm-hmm. like shadowy and the red eyes randomly in certain spots. I never was like, oh my god, what is that? It was always like, all right, how do I get through this kind of thing? Yeah, I wouldn't say that this game ever scared me. Um, it was more of like I can definitely tell that it is very suspenseful. Um, I think it is yeah. a little bit horror inspired for sure, but I don't think any part of it's scary. It's more just very kind of gripping. And like, I always kind of wanted to know what was going to happen next. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't ever like driven by fear or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't want to get the listeners like, don't think I'm some super tough guy. I can't play horror games. Like, I don't like that. In oh, my same life. here. Yeah. And like in this one, I was like, if this was a first person like style game and I saw those same little ghost alien things, I would be freaked out and not want to play the game. Mm-hmm. But I, it had to have been just like the perspective of seeing the whole world. There was nothing hidden from me. Even with the flashlight, it's like, it's a platformer. I'm not in trouble. Right. Like yeah. I, I like that was one of the things where if it was first person, I would be kind of like, Oh my God, I can't do this. I, I had to play this game in multiple sections because <laughs> um, not that I found it too scary, but I did find it emotionally draining to kind of be on edge a little bit, um, as much as I was. Um, and so I think I played this over the course of three or four sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually led to a glitch in the game, which prevented me from seeing um, a bunch of content and mm-hmm. and all of that. But we'll get to no. that later. I had something like that, too. Um, we'll bring it. We'll bring it up after. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention, cause you did bring it up the whole rewinding thing. So one of the, I guess, elements of the game is you'd be like traversing somewhere and all of a sudden you'll do like a VHS, like tape recording where it brings you back to another spot. And you'd realize like, did I just do this? Did I just have deja vu. And at one point, I don't know if it was my fault, but I must've did something like six times or it was the first instance of the rewinding. And I was so close to messaging Jacob and saying, I'm not going on this podcast. Like I can't finish this game. <laughs> like I, I'm well, not reading. Well, yeah, it just it's it was got so frustrating, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, thank goodness this is yeah. part of the game." Yeah, because if it was telling me to try something else and it wasn't telling me what to do, I was going to be so upset. Right. Yeah, I actually can't repeat what you call this game in our private chats because we are a PG <laughs> podcast. But much like the characters in this game, I will say that you called it Oxen Frick, and I guess I know why now. And to be that's exactly where I was, Jacob, at the time when I said that. I was, that's what I had to like kind of get through. Um, even when playing mm-hmm. this, I. I tried playing it three times. The third time, I played it the whole way through. Um, okay. So, like, I played it once, and I didn't save up to the beach area, and I did it again up to the beach area and got distracted, and then the third time was finally, all right, to the beach area and beyond, and I blitzed it in one sesh. I don't think that there was many, many jump scares, mm-hmm. but, like, I think it's very fair to say that at certain points, I think of, like, the quiz that you get put on 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay people yeah. with a fainter heart may be a little bit scary. Sure. Just because it's so unexpected. Yeah, I think that entire bit where you are going through that like military base is just straight up horror. Like it's just kind of terrifying. Like the subject matter gets very dark. Everything is like kind of terrifying. Uh, but yeah, I, I was it, it. It kind of grabbed me a little bit. It's like, oh, this was like kind of creepy and interesting up until this point. But then at this point, I'm like, oh, there are like handprints on this chalkboard and they're drawing like hangman. Somebody's going to die if I get this question wrong. <laughs> yeah. What woke me up from like this game being like a nice little friendly PG style game is I think Clarissa in that military yes. base just falls out of the window straight flat on her face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And I was like, OK, this falls is, is a, game. a nice way to put it because yeah. yeah, it seems like she jumps. Oh, yeah, she, she jumps. <laughs> if, any, um, if, if there's any listeners that are uh, fans of Game of Thrones, it's when, um, what's his name? Uh, Bran Stark <laughs> falls from the window and falls flat on his face to break his legs. It's the exact well, same thing. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you phrased it the way you did, uh, that, the thing that kind of snapped you out of your sleep, because I was falling asleep multiple times throughout this game because the music and the scenery is generally peaceful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I would oscillate between dozing off as I'm like walking from one end of the map to the other and being like too tense or on edge that I would just want to stop playing. I had um, something similar, Mike. Um, and the one thing that kept me going through it is my rage because there was no fast travel. <laughs> <laughs> that kept me that kept me fully alert and upset. So right, there's ghosts in this game. So like kind of kind of along that note, I didn't actually mind the fact that there was no fast travel. Um, I think it kind of worked in the game's favor because it it does a really good job of spending that time filling it with dialogue between whatever character you're with at the time. It allows you to like get those choices to affect other relationships, but also like learn a lot more about the characters themselves. Like uh, at one point where you are like coming down from the tower and you're going to, and you're basically heading back to the town to grab the stuff from the parks department. And I took Nona with me. Um, and Same. at that Same. point at that, and I picked her because I'm like, I haven't spent any time with you. And also like these two idiots are just being annoying. Let's leave. Like, let's yes. get out of here. You clearly <laughs> deserve each too. other. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like, that was like really cool that taking that time going through essentially like the path of the beginning of the game again, uh, but just with a different character, spending that time learning about Nona and learning also like by proxy about Clarissa. I thought that was really interesting. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit in how like the new God of War game that came out in 2018 spends its free time, like how you get in the boat and it's almost kind of no time wasted because as you're just like doing the stuff that would be typically boring, uh, Mimir is just telling you stories and it's like adding to this world building. I thought they handled the like quote empty space of the game pretty well. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that this game would literally be 90 minutes if it, there was fast travel in it. Totally. And I just don't think it works because yeah. there's only, what, like about 10 screens. But to traverse one of the, like, quote-unquote adventure game screens, like, it may take you five minutes. I, I know you said, Mo, that the platforming is not fast enough, but I think it was in service of what the game was trying to deliver content-wise. I will hop in there and say the map is frustratingly hard to use. Oh, I kind agreed. of wish I didn't have a map to begin with. Because if I was not looking at the map, I think I still would have found my way to the place I needed to be just as fast. Yeah. It was unnervingly obtuse for, for, for an instrument that's supposed to help you get places. Um, yeah, it I, did I, the opposite. 
100%. There's some instances where it's like, you have to go left to get to this place. And I'm like, there, no, you have to go down. It's right. like, I don't know, go yeah. left. And it's like, it, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've never fought, like, fought and argued with a map and Oxen Free <laughs> did it for me. Until now, though. Until now. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, it was, it was cute and it was great how instead of having like a traditional objective screen, the characters are just writing on the map to I say like, like, hey, that. go yeah. here, do this, go here, oh, do this. God. And I... Yeah, that was that was cute. The aesthetic of this game, I think we we say like is great across graphics, music, etc. I was playing the game, and I'm kind of working on a small little like passion project where I'm building a platformer. And as I was playing through, I'm like, mm, that's a nice little uh, background, little image. Oh, it's this is a cool little music tone. The flashlight that's really handy when the character's carrying it and moving around. <laughs> yeah. so I'm just taking personal notes too. It is <laughs> it's pretty pretty well polished. If it wasn't for the super slow walking at times. I would have been like, okay, navigation is pretty good. Right. So speaking of polish, uh, when I ran into my bug, I went to the Steam uh, Steam page or forums. I found out there are a lot of bugs in this game, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess is just a result of there being a lot of sequencing, um, potential sequencing issues. And so as the story progresses, you essentially realize you need to deal with Maggie Adler, who's the old woman who just died. Um, on the island. She was the only resident who had lived there for about eternity. Um, and you and your party are trying to get off the island and escape. And there's a boat at her house and more stuff you have to find there. Um, but as you finish the Maggie Adler house and have to go to the bomb shelter or go to the reta- relay tower to unlock the bomb shelter, um, that's when I decided this is a good time to take a break. This house is pretty intense. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to play some Rocket League. I'm going to play some Call of Duty. I'm going to do just about anything else. And when I came back, uh, the relay towers were finished. Um, pretty much all the objectives on the map. Mm. So the map is one of the ways you track how far you are in the game. It'll write your uh, mission objectives along the way. And when you complete them, they'll be crossed off. Um, there were... Three, I think, more objectives on the map that were crossed out that I had never completed. Oh, no. Um, which Weird. locked me out of seeing a good chunk of content. Um, and it was, yeah, immediately after walking out, I have, like, a premonition of Ren drowning. And I'm like, there, I missed an episode of this TV show because that <laughs> does not make any sense. I had a bug, too, Mike, but it wasn't that bad. I would have stopped playing. Um, if something like that happened with me, it was in the final sequence when you're you're finally about to go up to the bunker, and it gives you that option like, hey, let's take a photo. This is the last chance. Like you mm-hmm. can hug your friends if you want. Blah blah blah. So I finished the entire game, went to play through it that way, and then at the very end in the results page, I only had one results page. It was just the screenshot with like the two. I had two pie charts. And I actually still have the game open right now. I'm hoping it catches on or goes mm-hmm. to the next part. So I only have one thing of like what I did. Mm. And when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? Maybe there's autosave. Let me close it. Let me see where I was at. And it started me back up at, before entering the bunker. So I went to the bunker again. Same thing happened. And now I'm not doing it again. Oh, no. Yeah. So I can kind of explain what I did. And I kind of know my ending because it has the photo. Um, okay. And maybe the pie charts say more than I know. And I can kind of show you that and you guys can kind of maybe help me figure out what I did. I think the one thing that we're kind of dancing around is just I know that that Mike kind of wants to talk about like the deep lore. But like we find out pretty quickly what happens, like why this thing is happening on the island. And it's because of a submarine sinking. Right. That's essentially what it is. Right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, boy, this is going to be fun. Basically, I saw, I saw the exploding submarine. I was like, oh, that's neat, and then I moved on. Yeah, <laughs> basically what it is is uh, the... That is the most mo thing ever. I'm sorry, Cam. That is the that's most okay. mo thing ever. Basically what it is is, like, I guess the... Because the ghosts end up being, like, passengers of, like, a military submarine that uh, sank around the area, but they, like had a nuclear accident they had a nuclear reactor and that like sent them to another dimension and then and i i want to say i'm right about this part but like the the crew of that submarine are they had previously tried with maggie adler's family to like come back into the real world and like take over their bodies but they did it too quickly that time and ended up killing like maggie adler's family so she like her entire existence for being there was to basically prevent people from showing up there and like trying to keep them at bay. And then it, you essentially like learn as you get to like that house part that you mentioned, that was a lot. Cause it's a lot um, where they are trying to essentially, they're like priming you and your friends bodies to like get them out of the dimension and just basically swap existences to where they become you and you kind of cease to exist which is a lot i did not expect this game to go in that direction whenever <laughs> like the first conversation was oh hey what's up this is my new stepbrother <laughs> you know <laughs> yes yes also the dynamics between uh alex and jonas who are brand new stepbrother yeah. stepsister incredibly weird Oh, um, absolutely. They I think nailed is... how awkward that was. <laughs> well, so, I, I mean, I didn't feel like they were awkward together. I felt they had, like, kind of rapport that was too good for kids sure. who were just kind of, like, pushed together and be like, hey, you're siblings now. Deal with it. Um, yeah, I can see that. Like, the, I think this is a good opportunity to, to, to really, for me to say, I didn't feel these teenagers talked or acted or behaved like teenagers but i really want to get your take what did you guys think did they did they feel like teenagers to you well i i want to credit uh jake decker at jacob deck on twitter uh who asked the question uh for the pod what did you all think of the dialogue and writing did the characters talk like teenagers in your opinion i remember thinking the dialogue was a bit too corny for my taste but i haven't played it in years i think that they were maybe a little too mature because I, I didn't click. It didn't click with me right away that they were high schoolers. I thought that they were like college students, like first year college students, because they seemed just a, a maybe a little bit too old. And it really annoyed me that they weren't swearing. Like kids who are seventeen and twenty fifteen, like don't say yes. friggin' and like they will just drop the f bomb. So like, what? Why not go all the way with it? You've never been to Utah. <laughs> I, I, you mean uh, Oregon <laughs> Right, right, but in Utah One of my, sorry, this is just a, 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 sh- for a Small aside, one of my favorite Bits <laughs> of TikTok slash YouTube Content is uh, going to Students at BYU and having them Fill in the blank when the blank In a lyric should be a swear word And them just being like, I can't do it I won't do it <laughs> I can't do it Oh, that's adorable It's one of my favorite things so um, anyway. I, I was going to mention, I liked the dialogue a whole lot in this game. Um, it, it very much felt to me like, like you kind of mentioned, you know, it, they were not real teenagers at all because they didn't swear near as much. Uh, but like, I, I feel like they did a really good job of kind of almost like a TV style teenager, if that makes sense. Like it very much felt like 
a drama with like teens that had like relatively relatable dialogue, if that makes sense. I think like the emotional beats were pretty good. I think they were handled decently well. I liked a lot of the dialogue. I thought the voice acting was really, really well done. Um, I think a lot of the delivery and a bunch of that stuff was really believable, it, save for a few instances. But I mean, that'll always happen, you know. But I, I, I did really like the dialogue a whole lot. I kind of didn't expect to. I thought it was going to be really kind of super quirky for the sake of being quirky, but it never really... I was kind of drawn into it a little bit more. It felt relatively natural. Yeah, I wasn't offended by it either. It was fine, but I did have those one moments where I'm like, no one would say that. That's mm-hmm. like a movie line. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like what is this? Alex's character was pretty consistent, though. The highs, the lows, the mids, I believed almost all of it. But yeah. like Jacob said, if you said they're a college student, I would have been like, oh, makes sense. Totally. If said they're high schoolers, I'm like... Grade 12s? Grade 12s? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What I appreciated is the fact that um, in the dialogue system, you could uh, press a button while someone was talking, and then depending on the kind of tone of the conversation, sometimes they would let the person finish their entire sentence, but other times, like... Alex would just jump into the conversation and it made it sound really natural. And I guess like from a systems perspective, I really, really appreciated that, that, and despite the, the maybe more maturity than a 17 or 16 year old would have, I appreciated how natural the dialogue was from that perspective. I'm glad you brought up that because I, I found that the characters were too mature to be high school students. The way that they dealt with like being moody or a conflict with each other, I was like, I don't, I don't know adults in my life right now that handle it this maturely. Like honestly, maybe I'm just hanging around the wrong people, Jacob and Mo. But who knows? I, I totally agree, Mike. Because on in the beach when um, Clarissa is doing her full on like rage, I'm the worst person in the world kind of dialogue. I'm like, some of the stuff she's saying, she's supposed to get swung at. Like, there's no yeah. other option for this stuff. Like when she's saying, "Oh, you killed your brother. You're the reason why he died." Yes. And like, it's like we're we're going at it now. There's no <laughs> yeah, like, at that point. There's no mature. There's no maturity. You fight everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's, yeah, like what's going on? Like, why is everyone all just like, oh yeah, this is a great conversation? It's like, no, yeah. no, 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 like, kind of, kind of along that same point. I, I did feel like some of the, like, a few of the heavier story bits. I think they were handled okay, but for instance, like you mentioned previously, whenever you see that kind of hallucination of Clarissa like jumping out the window. And, like, your character, like, Alex is just like, oh my god, she's dead, she's dead. Like, I thought that was okay, but then just was a little bit brushed off relatively quickly, because at that point you were still figuring out, like, none of this is, you still don't really understand that all of that is fake. Uh, I, I think that that gets brushed off a little well. I did like the point that you can, as you're, like, having these hallucinations and, like, being possessed or seeing possessions, you can like tell other people and like let them know exactly what you saw. But I also don't necessarily know if a teenager would have the, the emotional maturity to be just like, Oh my God, I just saw our friend drown. Like I feel like a teenager and I could just be completely not giving any credit to teenagers nowadays. I am 26 years old. I have no idea. Um, I feel like a lot of teenagers right now would just be like, Oh my God, I just saw them drown. Just immediately. TikTok. Totally, yeah. <laughs> just over here flossing with this dude just drowning yes. behind me. It's great. Renegade. Yeah. Renegade. <laughs> um, so, 
is this kind of when the game starts to like funnel you towards the the final yeah the final section or kind of the the final piece? So you're you're starting to figure out like okay, the USS Canaloa drowned and was was actually taken out many many years ago. There's eighty something crew members that are dead. These are not ghosts. These are people that are trying to get our bodies. And the longer that we let them into our bodies and don't do anything and get off this island, the more likely it is that we're going to lose our bodies forever and they're just going to take our bodies and go bye bye. you get everyone together and then you realize that you have to once you can't get off the island from Maggie Adler's house you go into a bomb shelter right is that kind of the yeah, yeah. the final kind of you find there? some clues that tell you like you should you have to go to the source and like defeat it essentially yeah. so you realize yeah. that there's this bunker underground and that's where the source is and you're like we have to take care of it now yeah, and that's when you get kind of the upgraded radio that gives you access to lower frequencies and higher frequencies mm-hmm. that let you access these like frequency locks that let you get into the the final bunker that may allow you to kind of confront the final I don't want to say confront the final boss, but like confront the ghosts to try and get off the island. Right, hit the climax of the story. So I, I think that one thing that's pretty important to bring up also plot-wise is at some point, uh, really just kind of starting from Maggie Adler's house, is that they straight up like possess Clarissa and kind of use her as a vehicle for them as an entity to kind of get at the the rest of the crew. Um, so crew meaning your team, not the crew of the ship. Uh, and so, like, at that point, I know that there are a few instances once you go on, like, once you're on your way to the tower to unlock the bunker, uh, I, I know there is a choice that you can make there that can totally affect the ending of the game, where the ghosts are just like, hey, straight up, give us Clarissa, we'll let you guys go. And you can say yes, and you give her Clarissa and just leave, and that's it. Um, but... I I didn't uh, personally. Uh, I don't know if any of you all did. I did. Yeah, you did. Okay, you did. Yeah. So uh, let me let me explain my rationale. <laughs> I was extremely nice to Clarissa uh, at the very beginning, and she was a real pain. And throughout the game, she just continues to be a pain. And then when you find out she's possessed, you have this moment where you can say to her like, "Hey, you need help," and she's like, "Oh yeah, what kind of help?" And uh, you can either say you need an ec- exorcism or you need therapy. And this is only after we find out that she was nice and sweet before uh, her yes. short-term boyfriend, Michael, your brother, died. And I'm like, oh, so she just needs therapy. She needs someone to talk to. She yeah, needs to get through She's going through some stuff right now. Yeah. And you say to her, uh, yeah, you need therapy in like the nicest way I think you could ever tell someone that they need therapy. And she's like, already tried it. You can't shrink me down. I'm too I'm too tough of a nut to crack. And I'm like, okay, then you're beyond repair. Take her, ghost. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> you just you, flushed. You've just been you just the worst. The yeah. Um, but then later, you can say, uh, actually, I was kidding. I'm keeping her. Um, deal with it, ghosts. Peace out. Ha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't give them... I, I felt very much at that point, like, I had... I was un- I understood like oh she is going through some stuff and like people lash out whenever they go they're going through like you know severe trauma like your boyfriend dying um but also like the ghosts could very easily be afraid of what we're trying to do and just trying to get us like out of their hair so I'm like no no I'm going to I'm I'm, I'm going to go like you don't want me to do this which means I should keep doing right. this 
I think I want to give a credit to the writers or the writer or mm-hmm. whoever created the story for saving Clarissa in my playthrough because it was I felt that it was very like you have to get rid of her because she's mean like yeah. this is what you're gonna do like they've built it up so high where it's like she's a bad person yeah she went through some stuff but she's still evil to you still so I was like because of that you want me to do it I'm not gonna do it and yeah. I beat you writer yeah I'll take that it's <laughs> all yeah, I actually did. See- I thought that they were bluffing. Like, when they kept saying, like, oh, we only need one. Like, you guys can just go. I'm like, that means that you're bluffing. And, like, Clarissa, totally a pain in my butt. But at the same time, I just did it because, like, it wasn't going to be like Lord of the Flies for me. I was going to try and get all of my friends. It's a John Hughes movie. I need to get all my friends off this (laughs) island out of detention. It's fine. Uh, So that's why I was like, I need to get everyone off. But because the ghosts are bluffing. So I had a sense early on in the game that... There was it was going to be really tough to get a perfect playthrough, and that people would die even if, um, even if you made decisions that you thought were correct. Um, so I, I wasn't very confident that I was going to leave the island with everyone. And when they gave me the opportunity to be like, trade the one person who's been a real pain this whole time for all of the other people who have been trying to you know be productive and and help us get out of here. Sure, easy. I mean, even with the very close relationship, so we've mentioned Michael before, Alex's brother who drowned, Clarissa was dating him for a, for a while, for they a were while? getting I very was, serious. I thought it was just like a couple months. I, I mean, think, for a I high think, school student, it's a while. <laughs> okay, yeah, because Mike is kind of right, because a big thing in that whole story was Michael asks Alex, like, what do you think of her? Like, I really want you to, like, like her, and yeah. she's, I, I chose get rid of her, dump her kind of thing. So, like, I feel like if you ask your sibling that, it's definitely not a three-month thing. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, oh, sorry, it is Mo, a three-month thing. It is a three-month thing. Sorry, yeah. Mo, you have a sibling, right? If your sibling was dating someone that you didn't like, what would you say to... You have two siblings. What would you say to that sibling? Would you say, I hate your girlfriend, break up with them? Or be like, you know, you got to make your own decisions. And if you like them, then you got to just have your own way and love them, right? In, In those situations, it's essentially like, this is what I'm seeing. I could be seeing it from a different set of eyes like that I'm not seeing. But I, as your sibling, you're like, I have to let you know this, this, and this. I'm either going to be like your you're standing up at your wedding with this person or um, they're going to be gone and I'll still be with you. That's kind of how I would explain that one. So the same thing, essentially. Yeah, just telling them, <laughs> but letting them know, like, I'm not just saying this is what it actually is. Like, this is what I see. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I just want to at least let you know this is what I see. I agree with Mel. What did you choose in the end? So, like, I'll just set up the, the final scene. Okay. The final scene, there's, like, two things that happen. Essentially, you walk into the bunker and there's this tape playing um, and you're with Jonah and with Jonah, this tape starts playing, and Jonah starts to think that he hears his mother, right? So that's kind of your first small choice. But the big choice after that is you're going to tune into a frequency that lets you kind of access... Th- is it is it the past? Is it underwater? It's, it's just wild. Go ahead, Mo. It's literally the upside down from Stranger Things. <laughs> Yeah, not far. That's like I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention that throughout the, this podcast, but that's the vibe I got. Like I want to say three quarters of the way in, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like the upside down with the weird noises, the frequency, and in particular when you're like inverted and you start showing like the decisions that you were talking to yourself in like the river and in the mirrors. That's when I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like similar. One concept. Of, I think that is the moment where the the cosmic horror of it um, really becomes apparent because the ghosts tell you that. Being in that that nothing, being in that absolute void hurts more than dying. It hurt more yeah. than the ship exploding. 
Um, nothing was worse than their existence there. So they would take anything, even if they had to share Clarissa. Yeah, because it's fair to say throughout the game, like, the ghosts' voices, the ghosts' voices are, like, more than one voice. There's tons of different voices making up her voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Picking up what you were saying, Jacob, so when you get the choice of telling, um, what's his name, your your boy toy, like, hey, don't go to the radio, it's not your, yeah, Jonas, it's not your mother, blah, blah, blah. Your boy toy, you mean your stepbrother? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever, whatever the dude is. Um, (laughs) he, he, um... When you're, do you, is that like a major choice that you do there? Like, what was the whole thing? Like, what's, is that like, is that significant at all? Because I just kept saying, let's go. But in my head, it's because I want to finish the game. I didn't really care about him talking to I, his, like, mom I, I kind of took it as, okay, like, the ghosts literally, like, they knew how to get his attention. They were trying to distract him oh, because for them, gotcha. like, the more time that this rift is open means the longer like the better chance they have of taking their like existence essentially. So I 100% was in the exact same like mental space as you can, but I also remembered very early you walked past a mirror and you heard uh, some advice that someone, someone had said to you in the mirror, I'm not sure who it is says, um, Hey, let Jonas talk to his mom um, when, when he's there or don't interfere. I want to get into that once we get past okay. this point, because I thought that was very cool. I thought that was super cool. And so I was like, okay, well, you know what? This sounds like an upside down version of me or a me who is stuck in a time loop. Who's like able to pass. It's like an inception thing or not totally. inception, yeah. uh, interstellar where. Yes. Yes. And, yeah. and so I was like, sure, screw it. Let's, let's go for it. I'm, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I know this is not the mission right now. But I also know that I just got to experience some pretty severe closure working through some time loops with my brother. And I can't deprive Jonas of his ability to do that with his mother. Because at that point, you don't necessarily know, and I think your characters allude to this, is that you're not sure if you're you're traveling through time Mm -hmm. or if you're seeing an apparition. Right. Right. So like why like why keep him from that closure when you've already gotten it? Yeah. Right? yeah. So I, I did the exact same thing. It's really interesting to think about because the the more I'm kind of thinking on that is whenever you are like going through those apparitions, that's what's happening whenever you're possessed. And so it's like almost the the ghosts like are very much trapping you, as they mentioned later, with like they're wanting you to stay in that possession state for as long as possible. They're like, I, I, I took it as them kind of trying to immobilize you because they are showing you what you most want to see. Yeah, and I don't know if you get an explanation of that, but like, mm-hmm. you would have to imagine that like they're possessing you, so they would get to know what your deepest darkest right. secrets yeah. are. That's like the one thing that you, I don't really think you get a, you don't understand what it's like to be a ghost, totally. uh, or whatever the hell they are. Um, but that's what I thought too is like they must get to understand me intimately, and that's why they're they're doing this, mm. or that's why they're able to do this. So you get to the USS Canaloa. You're approached by kind of I forget what they're called, but the the game actually gives them a name for the actual like big bad dark creature because there's there's the void in front of you, but mm-hmm. there's also this like blackened like shadow creature who's in front of you who's speaking to you besides like there's Clarissa and then there's this dark dark figure behind Clarissa and they're both talking to you and saying like okay so what are you gonna do? Are we just taking Clarissa and you're leaving, or are, are you going to try and, and, and break this? Mm-hmm. So what did you guys do in that in that instance? So I fought, and I tried to break it. Um, okay. I felt like up to that point, 
there was I, I my character I felt was very dead set on I don't care. I I I I'm getting my friends out of here. If that means I go down with this ship, then so be it. But I said I'm getting my friends out of here, I'm sticking to it. Um and that's the route that I went down. And I, I did the same thing. Same thing. I did the same thing. And I was full of, Yeah, I was I literally wanted to get rid of them so we all did the same thing yeah i said same thing i changed my mind i'm keeping clarissa um and i got into so i think everyone ends up in the situation where you're in the void and you're having an argument with the ghosts um and then at some point i would assume halfway through the argument i don't know whether i was close to the end or not i pulled out my radio and i realized oh you can tune into some frequencies in here um and that kind of sets off a chain reaction of, you know, essentially explosions and um, mm. different bursts of light. Um, and, you know, I'm blanking. Where do we end up from there? You end up on the boat. Don't I you? think yeah, you're right. You just kind of wake up on the ferry. And you see the, like, the outcome of your decisions. Um, yeah. And for me, I, w- I wake up on the boat and Michael's there. And oh, okay, yes, yes, okay. So I did not have that. Okay, and so pretty Mike, much you the go whole conversation yours. is about me trying to come to grips with: is this is this uh, a loop? Is this real life? Am I in the past or am I in the future? And Jonas is on the boat, and Michael's there as well. And Jonas is not your stepbrother in this situation. He's brought to the party by Ren. Um, it is it is an interesting ending, and so that that led to my oh. ending, where the the main things of note were one um, that Michael was alive, um, two that Jonas was no longer stepbrother, um, and three that Clarissa was alive and with us, but went off on her own. She was not uh, part of the group. So, do you get a chance to talk to Michael before the boat at all, or is that something unique to maybe my playthrough? You know, there are. There are a couple of moments where you're where you're definitely talking with him, where he gives you a bunch of life advice. Um, where in the bedroom, yeah. right? Like the and you're like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So I I did a little bit of looking uh, after I finished the game, mostly on like Wikipedia and a couple of like just seeing what other people got because I was really interested to see what else was going on. Um, and I guess you can basically through the time loops if you convince michael not to move away then he shows up at the ferry on the end and he is alive he can be like essentially revived yeah which is so selfish of alex totally yeah completely agree (laughs) so i i did the final like decisions twice remember i was telling you i went to the bunker twice Mm -hmm. so i the first time i did it was just my natural playthrough and i told him go away experience new things blah 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 and then when I got when it froze and I well I thought it froze and I redid it I was like I'm gonna do the complete opposite things and I got the same like finale pretty much so I'm assuming it's because it was an aggregate of my decisions I, I think so throughout the game yeah it, it's I think it's just kind of an aggregate of there's like obviously multiple like Michael flashback mm-hmm. sections where you're talking to him about like his future what he wants to do yeah and if you just like really drive the point home of like please do not leave I need you here then he uh, will okay. be there. My two choices were literally do what you want to do or go away. Like, go do something different. Yeah, I I I basically had... I I basically just went with, like, hey, man, live your life. I will be your sister always. I will support your decisions. Do what makes you happy. And, like, uh, whenever I woke up on the ferry, like, Michael was not there. Uh, Like, it was just, like, the crew as normal and 
everybody was just kind of there. Um, in my game, Ren and Nona did get together. Same. Yeah, which good for them. Sure, got an achievement <laughs> for it. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, out of the out of the characters, and I think it's fair to say, like Clarissa. Um, Jonah and Alex, I feel, got like the deepest story. Agreed. And yeah. Ren and Nona were just like the tagalongs. Yeah. I mean, you can't develop every character very deeply, but um, those two were just kind of like, sure, let's, yeah. let's get yeah, together. Let's okay. get them together. Sure. I feel they like we like each other. There's some of like I feel at least Ren is a strong character, even if he is not a consequential character. He likes drugs. That's all <laughs> um, I know about Ren. I did really Car- like the bit about. Sorry, I did really like the bit about how. He gets really upset that people just associate him with drugs. Like how oh, dang, I just did it. Yeah, and he and he's just like I'm I am much more of a person than that. Do you guys really just think of me as a lowly druggie? And like I, I think that's really interesting because like people who are typically like really into that, that could be like a big wake up call for them. Or they could just be like, Yeah, that's me. That's cool, whatever. Like it, it was like this neat kind of depth to that character I liked. Uh, Cam, what happened with uh, your playthrough? Like did, on the boat, like was, did you have Michael? Did, sorry if you already said this. Sorry. So I did not have Michael. Um, and Ren and Nona got together, and Clarissa was Clarissa and Alex were friends, but like not good friends. Uh, at the end end of the game, Clarissa went off to do her own thing, and like her and Alex would talk, but not like often, but like just kind of check in occasionally, like. Like, the damage was kind of healed, but they weren't ever really good friends, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you get you get shown a postcard at the end of the game, and on the postcard, the postcard can actually be very different based on what mm-hmm. happens, but it essentially runs you through the three to four different decisions that you would have made, and surprisingly, and I, I don't know if it surprised you guys too, but it surprised me when it actually showed percentages, because I was like, oh, they're actually tracking this like a Telltale game, and it tells you, like, okay, you and 19% of other players kept your new stepbrother at a distance, for example, yeah. and all of us, I'm sure, had different outcomes because there are really like four big sets of decisions with characters, and some of them, even Clarissa, there's like five different variations that you can go for. I think I don't know if mine. I just sent a uh, screenshot of my like this at the stage at which my game is stuck in right now, and I yeah. can't like, move on. <laughs> yeah, and it's just that. But I think the photo tells most of how I played the game. So yeah, um, uh, Ren and Nona got together. Um, uh, you and Jonas are cool. Like you've, you're, there's nothing weird about you guys. And then Clarissa, I gave the cold shoulder throughout, and she's just living a miserable life because that's what I, <laughs> that's what I bid on her. So Jacob, how did yeah. your game end? Uh, my game ended with uh, I have it here. Uh, Michael did not come back. Um, me, I kept Ren and Nona together because much like Cam, sure. Yeah. Uh, yep. Clarissa, I made up with her. So like. Good, good on me for like making up with the Rachel McAdams and Mean Girls of this video game, <laughs> and uh, I kept Jonah at a distance, which I, I didn't think I was doing, Same. but like I guess like if I was thinking about my brother and I was maybe like because there's a point where you're like, hey, I don't want to go with you to this section of the map, so I guess there are multiple points where I did keep him at a distance, but not my intention. Wait, when you get to decide who to bring. Nona, Ren, or Nona. Okay, Nona. okay, same. I think we Much all like Cam yeah. because I'm like I haven't talked to you at all. Mm-hmm. I would like to understand what you are as and a human. And also, so you two are being you. babies. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 The testosterone is so thick you can cut it with a knife here. So, that's that's really interesting that you made those choices, but like I also like I I went with Nona whenever like from the tower part, but most of the game was me and Jonas. So like I had like Ren and Nona got together 
and Clarissa and I like made up and were friends, but also like Alex and Jonas were pretty close. So like that's I I guess I got like the most hopeful positive ending probably, but yeah, I don't know. I think everybody gets the ending that you want because it's based on the decisions and conversation sure. choices that you're making. So everyone kind totally. of gets their yeah. ideal outcome. Yeah, you're right. Yours surprised me though, Mike. I didn't believe that Mike was, Michael was actually coming Trust back me, to life. Mike surprised me too. <laughs> <laughs> so like, here's a, here's the thing with me though, because like I got stuck in like one portion when we're you're at Maggie Adler's like house. Um, it was right after the in the like I guess boss fight with the the spooky person, and then I had to go up in the attic. No, I had to go select the picture to finally get the next like interaction going with the story. So I googled like, what do I do at Maggie Adler's house? Like, how do I proceed stuck? And that's when I started realizing people are gonna die and depending on your choices you're not going to see someone and i'm like what's happening like who's dying like yeah. and then before you enter the bunker you have an option to hug everyone i'm like I okay here we go someone i did too. yeah yeah <laughs> i did it, i did it the second time because i was the first playthrough i was like let me just get through this and i ran <laughs> right past them and the second time i like stopped saw the roses i saw oh i can hug this person okay hug yeah all right hug <laughs> maybe i can save them and then when i woke up and i saw everyone was there i'm like what no one died come on <laughs> I think this is a really great point to bring up a question from Twitter uh, from at Story Everpod, uh, and the question is: Is leave possible? And I think like that's that's one of the big questions that the game poses. And I want to get your take okay. on it. I'll, I'll start with I'll start with okay, Michael because okay. he's like chomping at the bit. He's ready to go. This this is really what the uh, what the what the like whether we got to the ending or not really is where we have the conversation because as this postcard you know, narrative is explaining what happened and where everyone went at the end of the John Hughes movie. Um, you're seeing uh, loops like VHS tracking go through some of the some of the postcard as if you're stuck in a loop. I decided to stay in town and go to college here. It's practically up the road, and I just wanted something familiar, I guess. But anyways, what time is it? <gasps> yeah, sorry, I gotta run or I'll miss the ferry. Ren's dragging me out to Edwards Island for that yearly beach party thing. And I have to pick up what's-his-name Jonas, too. <sighs> I hope he's not weird or mean or something. Whatever. I'm sure it'll be fun. It's something to do, right? Yeah. And when you hit... At the, at the end of all of the credits, uh, you're prompted with a, a new game plus mode. Where you go right back in and you play the game again. And are able to change your decisions, and you could even make the choice not to go on to the island to even begin with. Um, and that, to me, says that you are actually stuck on the inside of that uh, portal that you opened. That uh, that what the ghosts had told you that yeah, you could be in here and you can close this portal and prevent us from getting out, but you're sacrificing yourself. You won't be able to get out either. And right. whatever you're actually seeing is another world or another um, dimension where the one Alex took the sacrifice so that way the other dimensions of Alex could exist and, and live their idealized state. Yeah, I think what's really interesting is, one, this game when it first came out, it didn't have New Game Plus for the first six months. So I don't know what the heck Rad. this game looked like without oh, man. New Game Plus. Well, it, there is an ARG built into the game. So if you, um, you're you given some clues that Maggie Adler hid stuff around the island, 
And if you dial into her frequency on the radio, I think it's 140.1 or something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you're by her clues, you'll be able to find the letters and find the different clues that she's left. And if you read through them all, um, you know, you'll, you'll find out even more about it. And one of the anomalies, if you translate it out, is a phone number. And if you dial into it, it's the audio track from the, from the game. And within that is Morse code. And all of that leaves, um, a bunch of different clues that, that the people who are playing the ARG put together. And I think it was only after that was completed that they added the new game. Yeah. And there's a great documentary about the ARG on YouTube if you want to look it up. Like it's a 25 minute documentary. It's super cool. If you're into Oxenfree, highly, highly recommend. Um, but the, the point that you brought up is that at the end of the game, the tape loops, right? And you have an option not to go to the island. But that's only after you beat it on, quote unquote, the best ending, right? So you'd essentially have to do like multiple playthroughs to see, okay, I do my first ending, I'd maybe do a bad ending, and then I get to a point where I warn my Alex not to go to the island, but is it is it an Alex who's trapped in the portal? I guess we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Does the yeah, totem I, I stop think, spinning yeah. at the end of Inception? It's so cool. Uh, that 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 is maybe my favorite part about this whole game about how it's very meta in a way like uh i we're we kind of alluded to it a little bit but like the almost like the negative world version of alex that you see in reflections like whenever i saw those it had like gamer tags above their head which were literally people on my friends list who have played through that game and then as you are going through for like the quote final encounter to like fight the rift or whatever, like you get stuck in time and you are literally that like negative version and it shows your head above, it shows your name above your head and it lets you like make like essentially give a message to that player, to another player who is like on your friends list. And you can see like, like saying like, Hey, you should do this. But also at that point, you don't know what that message means. It's journey esque. Um, it totally it's very very journey-esque yeah. in that way it's really really rad um i also loved how those characters like those players got credits in the game because they are like actual characters so like it showed like oh this person was played by and then a gamer tag i thought that was so cool i thought that i didn't even realize they were in the credits but i think that's an amazing yeah. touch it's so cool like they nailed the presentation and just how weird and meta and time loop stuff is hard to pull off and I think they nailed it. I think, yeah, I I think (laughs) it's, it's very clear on most face right now that the parts of the games (laughs) that we enjoyed the most that we think is the most interesting is the part that Mo engaged with the least. Is that fair to say? Mo? Um, kind of, I'm going to leave my hot take for the end, Um, (laughs) but it was fine. Yeah, way to save it for the end, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. fine. There's a little well, teaser. Then why don't Why don't we? Well, is there anything else that you guys want to cover about kind of the the story on top of the story before we kind of get to the the wrap up of this? Yeah, like I, I think this game is a is a very focused um, meditation of sorts on fate and being comfortable with choice because this game is all about making choices and learning to deal with it and learning to live with them. Um, and it made me think of, um, there is this, uh, thought experiment that Nietzsche, the philosopher has. And he says, if a, if a being were to wake you in the night and tell you in, in the cold of your sleep 
that you were to live every um, live your life over, um, over and over. You would die and be born and live that life again. He says, would you say thank you, angel, or would damn you, demon? And um, it, it falls into this concept that he has of Amor Fati, which is like literally translates into the love of one's fate, which which basically means have no regrets, learn to let go, learn to be you know excited and, and happy with the, the choices you've made. And he, he essentially says like that is the test of whether you're living a life that you can be proud of, right? Would you go through all of the things that you've dealt with and are you taking those as growth experiences or are you, you know, is that ultimately just baggage that you're carrying and not, you know, developing further from it? And I think all of the stories in this game are, are reflective of that. You have Clarissa who's holding on to it. You have Alex who's clearly impacted by it, but maybe not scarred by it in the way some of the other characters are. And you're seeing each of these characters have their own level of baggage letting go. The ghosts have issues letting go. Um, Maggie Adler of letting go of her family and her friend who is trapped on the other side. I think there's there's all of these different uh, elements and touch points on the idea of fate and letting go and being comfortable with the choices you've made that I think this game does an amazing job at that is definitely not you know something it'll beat you over the head with. Mike, I think you made the perfect plug for Disney's Frozen, and I was so glad you said it. Let it go, let it go. The whole entire time, I'm like, so essentially we're talking about Frozen, right? And then you're like, and you then you just let it go. You just let it go. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. I like how you just you set went me from, up. like, Mike's really deep, like, philosophical point, and you're like, Frozen! Great movie! <laughs> I had to, man. This whole podcast, I've been talking about punching people and, like, being ruthless. Yeah. I grabbed the freaking stress ball that I'm squeezing right now. <laughs> Calm down. And the stress ball brought out Frozen. Well, that's what I, this podcast is all about, I guess. Mike saying really smart things and Mo getting really angry about them. Hey. Whatever you say, Olaf. <laughs> Mike, just last last question on this. Do you think that this that that model applies here though? Because from what I was able to surmise, like there's not a single ending, even the quote unquote best ending. You still have questions about like, am I like I warned Alex, but if I'm in a time loop, does that mean that I just helped time loop Alex in one instance? Like, does it does it apply here? I I don't think the idea that there are multiple universes precludes the interpretation or precludes the message of being comfortable with the choices you've made and not living in regret. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because I think the, the most likely real outcome of the story is the Alex that you've been playing is trapped on the inside of it and is, is comfortable and, and not having the regret making the trade off of, you know, making the sacrifice so her friends could get away. Um, and, you know, I mean, clearly the ghosts warn her and, and she, she does it anyway. Um, so I, I, I think it still stands. Um, I, I think this is a good point for the community. If I'd love to hear what you guys think and how you weigh in on it. Um, and we've got a nice new, uh, spoiler channel in the discord. 
if you want to hop in there and share some thoughts. That's actually exactly where I was going with this. Just kind of a final question. It came from the Discord. It came from Ludo Narrative FM. It came from Blake. And he asked the question on paper, Oxenfree seems like something I'd love. I tried about an hour of it and was totally not feeling it. So I stopped and haven't gone back to it. Depending on how the discussion goes on the podcast, what words of advice would you have to give to someone like me that might encourage me to give the game another shot? Counterpoint or just leave it be? I would leave it be. I don't think you need to force yourself to play through it just because, you know, there might be something at the end you might like. Um, I think if you're not, if you're not enjoying the journey, you know, kind of using Nietzsche's test along the way, if if you wouldn't, (laughs) uh, you know, enjoy the journey and want to do it again, then, uh, I mean, you should definitely change things up and, and do things that you would want to repeat, that you would feel comfortable living through. I may provide the opposite just because I think this game, I felt the first little bit of it was very slow and nothing was happening. It was a lot of like set up for a story, especially because once it only, it only starts becoming a, like an interesting story. Once you're in front of that cave and the lights start flashing with the radio, that's when I felt like that's when like it becomes something. The rest is all just like teenagers talking about like where they are. Why are we here? Let's jump. It's like this. 30 minutes in. So if, yeah, I feel like if if that's what he's referring to, if he got only up to there and wasn't interested, then yeah, maybe follow Mike's uh, advice. Maybe this isn't for you. But I think once you get past that and you kind of see like the ghosts and stories, you maybe you might like this game. It might be a story game that you someone would who's interested in story games would love. Yeah, I I, I feel like this game doesn't really. I think it does a pretty good job, at least in my opinion, of not sticking around longer than it needs to. Um, I think that it's relatively respectful of your time. Uh, like I said earlier with the whole, like filling what could normally be just this like tedious kind of backtracing through places that you've usually already been before, but like filling that with dialogue. So it's like interesting and engaging and you're like learning and making choices about and for these characters. Um, I think it is pretty respectful of your time. Uh, I think I got through it in maybe like four hours or something like that. So if you, if you do have, if you've given it like maybe an hour or so, I feel like at that point it does ramp up. Um, so after an hour, maybe at that point you would probably be able to know whether or not it's for you. But yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in not forcing yourself through something that you aren't enjoying just for the sake of finishing it. Um, any final thoughts about Oxenfree before we ask a few questions about it? Um, something I did want to bring up that I didn't I I think we've like kind of hinted at it but I think the sound design in this game was absolutely phenomenal um yeah. the use of radio not only as a mechanic but using like static and just having random weird broadcasts in there was just an absolutely incredible touch I loved how the music you got just into this kind of like rhythm of like oh it's just kind of this like nice atmospheric pleasant-ish kind of like a little bit synthy music but then the moment something started to seem a little weird it got a little bit distorted like you were like kind of playing it backwards on a tape recorder or something um, I really, really enjoyed um, even the sound design of the little anomalies that you would find, those like little triangles that were like hidden off the beaten path that you would like tune into a frequency and activate for like a collectible. Like there were a few of those that were literally like, and they were always like well timed for where you would see those after like certain plot points. Like there was one that I found that was right after uh, the uh, part on the house that you're at and i was really 
just it was it sounded just like interesting static and then there was just this like crystal clear voice saying like this is just how existence works alex it's your part it's your time to do your part for us so let us help you do your part and something like that and it was like oh my god this is so cool like they really nailed how atmospheric everything feels they leaned into the radio aesthetic in a really cool way that i was really impressed with and the music also was just pretty good uh, yeah. So big, big shout out to the sound design on this one. That was maybe one of the most impressive things for me. I I thought the sound design was great. I love the soundtrack. Um, I thought it was peaceful and eerie and, and just really yeah. great. Um, I thought the voice acting was, was great. Um, as a game, um, I don't know if it's as good as it is interesting. Um and, and I think that's where I would probably leave it. Um, I don't know if I have a judgment on whether it's a good or bad game, but I know I enjoyed my experience with it. And I think it, yeah. it's, I think that's largely because it made me think a lot. Yeah. Just kind of like piggybacking off of that sentiment. Like I, I am very much somebody who values kind of more of an experiential thing. I'm willing to like overlook some stuff. Like I, I, I do think that, the issues with how slow the game controls and how like it is just not fun to move Alex around on that island at all. Like I think those are hundred percent perfectly valid criticisms. Um, but like just the overall experience and just the atmosphere and everything about it and like how it's making me think about it after I finished it have definitely kind of elevated it for me personally. Um, to be honest, identical sentiment to both uh, uh, Mike and Cam. Like I, I thought it was a great game, but. Sorry, it's it's an interesting Too game. Late, a lot of the elements it. are flawless. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I'm taking I'm taking it back. We're reverting this one. No, it's it's. I, I can see it's very polished. Sounds excellent. Voice acting is excellent. Um, stories like interesting, cool. It's different, but it's just not for me. Like it's not something I would ever play or play again or recommend to almost anyone unless you like just story based games. Like I can't go from playing like the new modern warfare league of legends rocket league. And then this, it's like kind of just complete. It's like, why am I doing this right now? Sure. Like that's yeah. essentially what, what comes down to. And I can see how someone could say, are you kidding me? It's the, the storyline's great. The voice acting is great. All of that's great. I'm like, I understand not for me. Yeah. And, and that's what I appreciate is that games can be different things in this instance. Mm-hmm. This is more of a, an experience that you, it's like a story that you have like a, a bit of agency through, or do you have agency? But, uh, that's what I appreciated is that games can be different things. I appreciated the experience that it put forward. It respected my time. Like you said, Cam. And, uh, I would say like, if, especially if you have Xbox game pass and you're curious, like this is something that you should, totally. you should definitely give a try. Absolutely. Do not leave it behind. Uh, for for lack of a less corny way to end this show. That is the end of our Oxen Free episode. Um, Cam, uh, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Uh, if yeah, people want to find you. you and your work on the internet, where can they find that? Yeah, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me on. The show is really great, and I'm having an absolute blast doing this. So thank you guys so much for the invitation. Uh, thank you thanks for coming, for coming on. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Man. That's T-H-E-K-A-M-D-Y-M-A-N. Uh, I am, as I mentioned earlier, the co-host of the new Entertainment System podcast, a show where we make fake video games with a fake robot, and it's fun. Uh, that is at the NES pod, which I'm surprised we got. <laughs> um, uh, I also do some Twitch streaming here and there, uh, twitch.tv slash Koenig, K-A-M-K-O-N-E-K. 
but anytime I ever work on or do or guest on anything at all, I will pretty much always throw it somewhere up on my Twitter. So if you're wanting to keep in touch with the stuff that I am up to or just very bad jokes, I'm sorry, uh, follow me on Twitter. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, I just want to throw like an endorsement your way that like your podcast is super dope. So like if people want to listen to something funny about video games, like please the NES pod, like go find it. It Thank is you. hilarious. Thank you so yes, much. Of course. It's, of course. it's a blast. We have a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> um, if people want to find more about the Left Behind Game Club, uh, Mo, where can people find information about us? Uh, you can go on to leftbehindgame.club or leftbehindgameclub.com. Um, we have a website up there which features our entire catalog of podcasts. Um, we also have a nice shiny uh, button that will take you directly to our awesome Discord server where our community is always chatting about the greatest deals, the gaming news, what's going on with um, the Epic Game Store and their partnership with developers. All that fun stuff is on there. It's your one-stop shop for news and fun with gaming. Um, and you can find me at Emmeritati on most social media platforms. I also just started doing a little bit of streaming, so you can find me at twitch.com slash Shenron the Dragon, your favorite Dragon Ball Z character. Um, once again, it's twitch.com slash Shenron the Dragon. Um, and yeah, Mike, where can the fine folks find you? Fine folks can find me in the Discord server, uh, talking about some of the latest deals and frustrating news in games. Um, and you can also find me <laughs> online on most social places at Ruffalo M R U F F O L O M or MichaelRuffalo.com. Jacob, where can the people find you? You at online? They can find me on the internet at Jacob McCord on all major social media platforms and at JacobMcCord.com. And Michael, what do we say to him? And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Hey, it's Jacob, and if you want to stick around, we're going to do a solo version of the Left Behind game show just for you. Since this instance of the Left Behind game show is just between you and I, I'm going to read out the question, give you a few seconds, and then give you the answer. Let's hope you can answer all of these eight questions. Here's the first. What is the name of the developer of this game? The answer? Night School Studios. Next question. What is the name of the fictional town in this game? The answer? Kamina, Oregon. Name Night School Studios' second game released in 2019. The answer is After Party. Question 4. Name the game based on a television series that Night School Studios co-developed with Telltale. The answer? It is a game based on Mr. Robot. Question 5. What is the name of the school where you take on Oxenfree's own terrifying quiz show? The answer? The U.S. Army Radio Communications School. Question 6. What did the officers at Fort Milner call radio codes in the game? 3, 2, 1. Cookies. The second to last question. How many people died in the sinking of the USS Canaloa? 3, 2, 1. The answer? 
97, 85 officers and 12 passengers. And finally, the most difficult question we've got for you. In the New Game Plus version of the game's ending, what is the name of the convenience store that Ren, Jonah, and Alex hang out at? The answer? Funny's Family Market. Thanks again for sticking around in this solo version of the Let Behind Game Show. I hope you liked it. See you next time. You nailed uh, something that I was time out, waiting. Time out. My, Mike, your microphone's not plugged in. It just got unplugged? Yeah, I think it just got unplugged. Bad. <laughs> Um, I think I think that was it. Oh my god, that's you way better. So much better. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, not this whole time though, right? I don't know. Well, when did I start sounding way better? Right Just now. now. <laughs> right now. No. That's okay. Let's keep this part amazing. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. Come on. <laughs> do you want the Sounds answer great. you want to hear, or do you want the right answer? <laughs> No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Can you check your recording? I, what am I real, supposed though? to check now? It's it's in the middle of recording. Do you want me to stop recording? No, 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 no. Let's just keep it going because what else are we going to do? I, I can play with your recording as long as it's still it's recording. It's still recording. Okay, okay. Let's, you, let's just do, do it. Do you see the bips all the way in the beginning? I'm assuming yeah. too? Okay, okay. Cool, great. Um...